This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Hafta from a very rainy Delhi. Delhi is at its most beautiful in the monsoon and we all dance like peacocks out in the park. <laughs> That's a very little work gets done. Okay, Mother just looked at me. Maybe you, not me. <laughs> But uh, I hope uh, areas are not flooded wherever you are. I love the monsoon and I think it is among the second best time of the year. But more on that and the bad side of it in the hafta. Our panel today includes Madhu Trehan. Hi, Madhu. Hi. Anand Vardhan. Hello. And Manisha Pandey. Hello. After a long time, it is the news laundry in-house Chandal Chokri together yes. because for the last month and a half, either one or two of us haven't been here. So we have no external guests. We just thought we'd catch up just us and you, our viewers, who pay, who get the full hafta and you Mufat Khors who get the chota hafta and don't pay and are still not ashamed and feel no guilt when you are buying like other stuff like beers and cigarettes and drinks worth like four or five hundred bucks but don't subscribe shame on you on that happy note let's go over what all we have to say but first angrez apna lagan or news learner apne hafta kabhi night bhulte i wasn't here last week i hope the hafta was fun was it last week i wasn't there who who hosted oh, last was, week yeah, you were there so who hosted it then cherry oh, hosted cherry, oh cherry. then it must have been great cherry <laughs> who is our star anchor of reporters or orders which i must say is fast overtaking hafta in popularity cherry congratulations so here's what we're going to discuss there is of course the no confidence motion that was defeated on the floor of the house we will discuss that not only was there uh, much drama on display also many political possible equations for next year were kind of to be seen of of how things will play out so it was good at many levels then yet another lynching in alwar this time it's even more depressing because the role of the police yeah and the different accounts that are emerging and our own reporter and again Amit, the statements that have followed and the statements that have followed and our reporter went on the ground you can read his report uh, it truly is depressing then there was the major violence in maharashtra on account of the maratha reservation protest it started off as a peaceful protest but then became violent we will discuss that in brief pakistan elections manisha will tell us a bit about that as will anand what they mean for india and how credible this election is and then an other smaller news which we may not discuss in detail i can just take a little snippets from everyone here changes in gst structure government made 376 changes related to the gst that's the goods and service tax in 10 months so now on sanitary pads rakhis shoes and several other items rates have been either slashed or removed altogether and then a very important story on muzaffarnag muzaffarpur shelter uh, sexual harassment it is a news laundry exclusive uh, the tata institute of social sciences has done an audit of i think 14 uh, homes that are run by ngos and the government and the level of uh, sexual abuse that happens there it's truly depressing uh, do read that report then hardik patel arrested but it is he's out on bail 2 years in jail for rioting then the rafael deal doesn't seem to die arjun arun jetli accuses congress of manufacturing controversy maybe we should have a special podcast on this because there's just oh, yeah. so much flying around and it's so confusing and you don't know you know yeah. is it okay is it not okay then there was the church sex scandal in kerala high court has granted conditional bail to a priest who was accused of sexual abuse and the 10th suspect arrested in the gauri lankesh murder it just gets longer and longer and actually less and less surprising so should we start with pakistan is let's just get that out of the way hmm. 
So let me kick off the Pakistan bit with a little comment from a friend of mine uh, who's Sanjay Rajora. He's actually a stand-up comic who'll be pro- performing with Aisi Taisi Democracy at Media Rumble. Do come for the Media Rumble. Cut to promo. The Media Rumble is back. In the second edition, we bring together news professionals, policy makers, investors, tech innovators from all over the world. It's where we discuss the future of news. It's where we talk about all facets of the news ecosystem. This year, we are set to make the Media Rumble Asia's premier media forum. There'll be professionals from some of the world's leading news organizations. Master classes on data journalism, on animation, illustration, storytelling. A convoy of 14 international speakers, filmmakers, satirists, all under one roof. Come, rumble at the Media Rumble, August 3rd and August 4th, 2018 at India Habitat Centre, New Delhi. Entries free for our News Laundry subscribers and Mufat Khors, register now. Seats are filling up fast, so log on to www.themediarumble.com. See you there. At the Media Rumble, you'll have news professionals, investors, policy makers and some fantastic sessions. I highly recommend you get there. Subscribers will get free entry. If you're not a subscriber, go to www.themediarumble.com and you can pick up a pass. You can buy your pass there. You can also get the full delegate experience, which is a separate room where all the delegates and the special invitees will be having lunch and that's their rest area. If you want to have lunch there and you want access to that area, there's a separate delegate pass. You can avail of that. So Sanjay, who will be performing at, at SC, with SC, SC Democracy there, said ki, the good thing about Pakistan is that when we are making this Pakistan, we Pakistan, ban rahe. Pakistan says, ha, not so fast. We will sink so low that you can never catch up with us. And that's what they've done by electing a buffoon like Imran, Imran Khan. Khan. So Manisha, why don't you tell yeah, us, you and I'll, Anand start off. I'll a, just give a brief background before we begin. Uh, Anand could then come in and analyze a little bit. So uh, about 272 seats were up for grabs. And this is the second time there's been a civilian to civilian transfer in Pakistan's history. Otherwise it's always Otherwise interrupted always, by yeah. Second time. Uh, so the three contenders were Imran Khan, Pakistan, Tehreeke Insaf. There was Shehbaz Sharif, who's Nawaz Sharif's brother of the Pakistan Muslim League and Bilawal Bhutto Zardar, he was 29 and, uh, from the Pakistan People's uh, Party, Benazir Bhutto's son. And um, Imran emerged as the winner and I watched uh, Imran Khan's speech yesterday which was quite interesting. He made all, I mean he seems like if you don't know uh, what's really happening, he seems like such a nice guy. Poverty elevation, Pakistan must be peaceful, we must be the most you know, important people in the Middle East, bring Middle East together, become friends with America. So he gives America nice something to, India. to buy. Yeah. And make Pakistan like Medina. That's but, his but clearly the book of his former wife. Oh, yeah. Where Who, she who's on, always on Z News giving interviews to Sudhir Chaudhary. Really? <laughs> it's really funny, yeah. You're really hooked on to Sudhir Chaudhary's show. She is. Yes. My favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. so, okay. So, Anand, what, what is your take on this? Fixed, not fixed? How relevant is it to us? See, Pakistan has always been a managed democracy, a managed one in a plutocratic society. Uh-huh. So in a plutocratic society, in, uh, in the sense that you have never seen a poor person rising up to become an influential political leader in Pakistan. So uh, they are products of landed property. And um, as Madhu said, they, uh, it's a uh, democratic marks for a feudal society. So, yes. So uh, I think uh, army's best bet would have been an unstable government. But 
seeing the, uh, the there is a sense that seeing the initial reaction of uh, other political rivals uh, who were bent on uh, boycotting elections and this and uh, would have given jitters to Imran's own uh, political standing. They have uh, opted for the second best that give, give him a clean victory. A clean, or sorry, clear victory. And then they can control him. A clear victory. So uh, th- that's the conspiracy theory that even uh, a lot of Pakistani would buy. And it's not that uh, an external conspiracy theory. Pakistan is also what Hamza Alvi said an uh, overdeveloped state. Overdeveloped not in sense of um, uh, human development indices or economic development but the functionaries and the um, apparatus of the state is all uh, is omnipresent. It is the only thing there. Uh, so private initiative, civil society, to an extent, is there, but, but very all limited subsumed within the larger sure. apparatus of the state. That's true. So uh, it's an overdeveloped state in that sense. So uh, Imran. Now here comes a man who is an international playboy, and uh, he the millennials will not remember, but uh, the irony of it I am pointing out in 1989 uh, when India went to play a four-test series in Pakistan, in which was Sachin Tendulkar's debut series. Imran, uh, Pakistan cricket team was under attack. They, they were f- uh, having fixed empires, fixed empiring, and uh, that was an infamous incident of uh, English captain Mike Gatting having a, um, an argument with Sakur Rana. So Imran insisted that we would have uh, neutral empires, and they, he introduced this concept when John Hampshire was brought from England to officiate in Indo-Pakistan series, and whole series was draw zero zero. So he was so, basic, so, so he, he was, demonstrated fair play. He was pitching for fair play there, and here the um, here he is under allegation that the he's won a fixed match. Uh, what would uh, uh, also, uh, I think, uh, be a bit difficult for him is that he is not controlling Punjab. Hmm. So I think PMLN has won Punjab's uh, provinci- control of province. It means uh, they, have, they are the single largest party, but uh, they are likely to control it. And there is also with Sharif's, I mean, he is considered lion of Punjab. They have huh. huge industries so, there. Uh, they have 141 seats in Punjab, uh, in, in National Assembly, 141 uh, out of 272 that's more, Imran's more than half seats are from Punjab so province so it would be very difficult for uh, a, nas- a, a leader to claim national credentials without controlling Punjab that, that has been the case in Pakistan and Sharif so, doesn't want to make his life any easier yes. by letting him get a free pass so for India good bad ugly doesn't matter and doesn't matter. It same, will, I, I think the army script will play, as Madhu said. So doesn't. Uh, uh, I think uh, Imran is a creature of ambition. He's a sports. He was uh, as international, uh, at least a subcontinental celebrity at a very young age. He has put 20 years in politics. He would not go away without taking his trophy. He knew that he would be controlled by army, but he had this ambition, prime ministerial ambition. He would not go away without taking his trophy he took it at the cost of being controlled by armies that that that, that is his he is, he is a creature of hubris ambition so mm. that is it
Madhu, your take on this whole Pakistan this thing? That comes across in his speech also because, and I think he also said that poor people should not enter politics. It should rich should because then they cannot be corrupt because they've seen everything. And he makes that point also. I've been to the world. I've seen everything. No, I think I'm going. that's really a <laughs> crucial thing also because you don't have to do any investigation. You just have to look at the fact that any person who has gone into exile from Pakistan live in absolute luxury in Dubai and in London. Hmm. All right. So the one question one would ask them if you're, which nobody is asked, that where is your money coming from? Whether it's Musharraf or Nawaz Sharif hmm. living in palatial mansions in London and in Dubai. So that the corruption is absolutely clear. You don't need to investigate. Secondly, uh, my experience of Pakistan was when I covered uh, Nawaz Sharif's election when he became Prime Minister the first time. And I can't tell you what a different country it is in terms of covering uh, an election in the sense that you only see men everywhere. That's one thing. Mm. And the only way to cover it is we had to rent a bus and we used to sit, we sat on top of it. And the guy who rented us the bus mm. said, I said, who's the bus? He says, my brother is inside. किसी को कत्ल कर दिया था दो तीन आदमी को कत्ल कर दिया था अब वो नवाज शरीफ बन जाएंगे तो फिर वो निकाल देंगे मीनिंग देयर वाज एन इंप्लिकेशन दैट इट वाज डन अंडर दिस थिंग द अदर मिस्टेक यू कैन एवर मेक इन पाकिस्तान इज टू आस्क समवन व्हाट डू यू डू बिकॉज़ इफ यू आस्क समवन व्हाट इज योर प्रोफेशन दे लुक एट यू लाइक आर यू आर योर माइंड यू एक्सपेक्ट मी टू वर्क सो मोस्ट पीपल दैट यू मीट इन द इवनिंग ऑफ दिस वेल्थी क्राउड आर बेसिकली एज आनंद सेड this feudal uh, mm. inherited wealth and working is something like look down upon that that's the sense i got the other thing is that the saddest part is about pakistan is that of course that nobody it doesn't matter who comes into power nobody has been able to dislodge the army whether it's in uh, a dictator like zia ul haq and ayub khan or whether it's behind the scenes and the army has obviously understood that the better way to control pakistani politics and relations with india is to do it with a puppet rather than to do it overtly and that is a clever stance because it's more difficult to fight in terms of an argue in in the united nations or security council because you have this puppet in front of you who's talking peace like imran has done and so did benazir eventually and so did uh, nawaz sharif and musharraf in fact was the time the period that he was meeting atal bihari vajpayee in that summit is when kargil obviously they exactly, were more on they the had, move exactly they had i'm finishing off uh, harinder bhaveja's book which i suggest to people that they must read because mm. i'm i thought like army book how am i going to read it it's quite gripping and she's shown in the book that while this was going on they had proof that the pakistani army had built those bunkers 15 or 20 bunkers and cement bunkers so it had taken all the supplies the ammunition the guns everything that was over there it had taken them 2 years to to put it together approximately a year mm. and a half to two so no matter at that time of course musharraf was in charge of the army and so he was doing whatever he liked while nawaz sharif excuse me nawaz sharif was meeting atal bihari vajpayee so and he said that he was uh, and nawaz later on said that you know musharraf was acting behind my back yeah. and was yeah so they always are. so i think the biggest problem india has is this that can we ever have a continent of peace if the indian uh, if the pakistani army is not on the uh, negotiating table hmm. so why are we talking to puppets incidentally i also want to bring in a poem written by a an urdu poet famida riaz in which she is written tum bilkul hum jaise nikle 
which is about what Pakistan has been for the last 70 years hmm. and what she sees India becoming. And the poem is about that, basically that we had higher hopes for you. And you're now... She's Indian. She's Pakistani. And she's telling India that you just came You had democracy, you had all this stuff. And now you're resorting to the same fundamentalism and repression and the kind of things that happen in Pakistan hmm. with a majority Muslim population where Islam is used as a weapon to control people. And basically the sense of her poem is that that's what you same. are now reduced to. That she's disappointed. I don't have too much to say on Pakistan, but I have two significant insights which I think you guys missed. One is hair transplants don't work because Nawaz Sharif had a full head of hair <laughs> after he was sworn the second time and I tweeted a picture also at that time that I had a picture of his from his first stint where he was almost bald. And, and Dubai then Dubai what do Suddenly he got a Dubai full hair transplant. transplant. And when he boarded the flight back from England, it, the photograph is all gone. So that was the first insight that... It doesn't work. Or if it does, then he got the cheap one. Yeah, so he don't got go, cheap one. So don't go to the one that Nawaz went for, for hair transplants. <laughs> Second is, if you are in the midst of a media storm and you're boarding a flight to come to your country, don't dig your nose. <laughs> because that is the photograph that everyone's going to use. So there's this picture of his daughter sitting next to him, him sitting, and he's looking at the photographer picking his nose. <laughs> now, out of the hundreds of pictures that they could have got, that's the one that's used by everybody. So I think these are two significant... <laughs> no, I find that father-daughter... <laughs> one, one thing about uh, um, hair transplant. <laughs> if, you, if you read Rehman Khan's book, is, even she has accused uh, Imran, Imran of resorting to... Oh, hair transplant. Hair transplant apart, apart from drug abuse and cocaine and all that. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, that, that... And also... So uh, I called him the military paid for his. And uh, <laughs> Imran... Uh, he, he has also talked about how Imran lowered the pu public discourse by uh, personal attacks on Nawaz for being ganja. But she brings out the irony that Imran himself does that here transplant. At the risk of being judgmental, hmm. he looks debauched. His face looks like a drinker. He looks debauched. See, I'm but judgmental, wo mental. Hai. <laughs> but, but honestly, I... Th I do believe that what you are does come out in your face absolutely after a certain age and debauched people who lead lead debauched lives it really shows, shows in up. their face yeah i completely agree with you indians in 80s and 90s hero worshipped imran hmm. for a very feudal uh, characteristic say that it was a generation which uh, worshipped indra gandhi during emergency that uh, he is the feudal chief commanding we don't have captains like that we don't have uh, our captains are like not like the servility that he commanded among Pakistani players yeah. it was me 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 in the uh, 19 uh, I, 1992 the Melbourne uh, World Cup victory speech he didn't mention any Pakistani yeah, player the team reacted <laughs> no, the team reacted and TM, when he uh, gave Javed this, Miadad and yeah. uh, react it was me uh, it was all about my and his mother he says I dedicate this cup and this and sorry for interrupting you he said I dedicate this cup to my mother and the 
the team players were <laughs> his <laughs> mother went to shikha mothers so, but what, so they gave him hell after that what indian players and some of the indian players were shipped him like uh, i mean some in it has come out in some of their autobiographies the wind had captain like that but you would not have tolerated a captain like him sure of mm-hmm. course yeah. so but, no, but our captains the, yeah. were great they mm-hmm. were but you know i think the, they of that generation mm-hmm. they were great captains but i think the the one thing um, just to give our listeners an idea that the allegations that he is a puppet for the military i would say are fairly credible with the kind of speeches he makes the kind of deference he shows to the military uh, his ability not to mess with them also his flirting with rather extreme elements of the islamists in pakistan yeah, yeah. which has been compared to amadmi party's flirting with the radical elements in the punjab election and his president no, no, but this is another is a, level but yeah, of course no, but, but, but we don't have such a huge mm-hmm. khalistan problem anymore he's known as taliban khan there he yeah, believes there's a good taliban yeah, he there's a good exactly he supports the blasphemy laws and which are pathetic wife, i mean apparently is a fundamentalist guru who is constantly in a burqa yeah. with just two eyes but the thing is that this book uh, you know what all it says and many of our former colleagues madhu from newstrack who have had very close encounters with pakistan and people close to him in newstrack i remember hearing stories and you never know which ones to believe and which ones not to but many of them really match what's in this book of his obsession with his virility and you know rubbing things all over his genitals Black that lentils, he f- make him no but he the so interview me the makidal chawde tatte mein makidal laga rahe kyun ji bas kisi ne bola peer baba ne bola peer baba ne sorry i was shocked when i saw the footage after this girl went and interviewed him she won the lottery and went to interview imran khan and you know how she did the how he did the interview i said what the hell were you in thinking it, in, the, in the bathroom or something he did it in a bed lying down I said what did he, why do you get him to lie down she says he insisted on it <laughs> so he's obviously a bit off yeah yeah i, I, I think and this, but the one thing that i was just um, sharing with a friend of mine yesterday evening was that one thing that i have come to realize about politics is that in several other and it's not a rule that it has to happen in every industry or every profession or every uh, pursuit the one who rises to the top is usually the best at what he's doing whether it's engineering whether it's architecture whether it's writing you have to in politics it's like it's a metaphor for life and by life i don't mean life as an existential philosophical sense life as a science as 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 a scientific entity the most resilient wins you know like a cockroach will survive like when you see a trump i mean to say the kind of stuff that he has said and still get the kind of support he does imran khan his the book was just released shortly before the election it had no impact he still won the kind of things he said the kind of thing i think politics I think that book helped him so i think of politics you know just resilience works it doesn't it has nothing with ethics intellect policies it's pure resilience and being able to kick back also uh, one simple thing he is the only genuine celebrity that pakistan has worldwide ha uh-huh. all that's true, true. he is the only one jahangir khan squares okay for some mm. years mm. other cricketers also for some years but uh, he is the and, uh, and that heroic stature in 92 when he won world cup yeah. and this he was a great cricketer but not one of the greatest so mm. uh, but for pakistan it is good enough yeah but, but he I is mean, a very irritating personality mm-hmm. it's like he's the kind of person you think gets up in the morning and kisses the mirror so cute okay before we move on to the next subject i have an email and i have a announcement that the media rumble is happening those of you who are subscribers you can come uh, we'll all be there you can catch up with us uh, get your friends to subscribe and attend 
and I assure you it is not going to be a waste of your time. I have an email from Pramod. Pramod says, Hi, I'm a recent subscriber from Bangalore and really urging friends and family to do the same. Thank you, Pramod. Pramod's friends and family, please listen to him and use other Mufat Khors, be like Pramod. You guys are doing God's work and it's pretty astounding to me how you remain afloat to just subscription model. <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> how we don't. <laughs> but uh, if there are more of you promote and if you can convince more people, uh, not only will we remain afloat, we'll hopefully uh, also uh, swim fast and, and go places. I love the rapport between Abhinandan and Madhutrehan. It's almost mother-son-like, really. Especially when she, without hesitation, shuts Abhinandan down for using cuss words. <laughs> I was just going to say, huh? it's God's work. Now watch your language. Now I got to watch my language. <laughs> I like the diversity, but I can say tattas when I'm dis- I'm saying what Imran Khan does. I mean, that's a scientific usage of the word. I'm if just you saying. Insist. Okay. Then Pramod goes on to say, I like the diversity. But by the way, I totally support what is called foul language. Hmm. But because it's hafta and our viewers, uh, listeners have said. Some younger people that also younger listening. people are listening and their families are listening. So I, I think we have to respect that. I agree. I like the diversity of the panel. Madhu and Anand Vardhan with their wealth of experience, a critical thinker in Vanisha and humor infused anecdotes from Abhinandan so basically <laughs> you guys <laughs> are like Jay, Viru and Thakur I'm Jagdeep I'm Thakur I'll kill you any of you can be who you want but you're moving the narrative forward and I'm doing Suram Bhavali Pramod if you think I'm doing this a compliment you're wrong <laughs> anyway, love your rants, Abhinandan. Keep them coming. Please be a part of all haftas. It really feels very diff- gloomy without Abhinandan hosting no offense to the rest that's keep, true keep rocking guys when the advertiser pays, advertiser served, and public pays, the public is served. Cheers. Thanks for more. Appreciate it. Uh, do keep the mails coming. Also, uh, you know, we really love the complimentary mails, but I really would like to hear from you people what you would like us to do to make the hafta better. What you're going to try to do from next hafta onwards is have a little news capsule about all the stuff that happened last week. We may not discuss all of it. I want you to tell us, do you think it'll be a good idea or not? And what else we can do to make it better? Feel free to criticize us. Now, coming to the Alvar lynching part two. I'll just set the context and then we can start from Madhu. Uh, there was yet another lynching in Alvar. Um, and I will read the first report that came out. Basically, Akbar Khan, who is also described as Rakbar Khan in many news reports because on his Aadhaar card, there was mistake se R ho gaya tha. So he was 28 years old. Uh, the allegation is that he was lynched by a mob in Alvar district on suspicion of cow smuggling. The police uh, are investigating the case. There has been another report that claims that the police delayed taking him to the uh, hospital and therefore that two hours delay killed him because he was just sitting in the uh, police jeep while they were having tea. Uh, yet again, uh, there is a report from our correspondent Amit who went there, which kind of doesn't support that entirely, but... It's depressing what comes out of the village. There is no remorse. Many people say that is that should happen. And what is even more depressing is the chief minister of UP says that this won't happen if people respect Hindu sentiments, almost kind of justifying such violence. So all in all, I think while I don't know what, you know, how widespread this is, but just like the duerter, the president of Philippines saying that, you know, women should be shot in the vaginas or saying that uh, about making crass sexist statements about the UN team that had come to observe human rights. So I don't know whether the data suggests that women being shot in the vaginas has gone up, but uh, because that (laughs) typically would be the kind of line that you see uh, the non-thinking right take. To see that kind of stuff being mainstreamed by chief ministers and, and, and sitting 
people sitting in power is truly depressing. I think lynching is mainstream today and I don't think it has anything to do with the numbers. It has to do with its approval on prime time by party spokespersons. That's my rant on this, Madhu. What's yours? I think also what I found shocking is the stoking of this sentiment that you spoke about uh, by the media, by Times Now. The there was this tweet. Did Rakhbar Khan and other minority community members who were lynched by Gaurakshaks invite violence because they hurt Hindu sen- sensitivities? Yeah. And, and no, but that, he tried to pretend that he's he's taking the BJP on. This is the one on. time where he was actually trying to take the BJP yes. on. But I'm sure the tweet was mean it's, times now in him. I'm sure it's... It's very well crafted. and Crafted even a, in I, a way too. And yeah. I saw the show while he's taking on the BJP. He keeps playing this up. He's amplifying this by saying, I'm not saying this, they're saying it. Hmm. He's making sure it... It's very, very yeah. dangerous, very insidious. And it's just to think that you have a soapbox that you can actually... This, I think, is... People buy this. They they say unkai kasur tha. They must have heard the sentiments. It's it's a very dangerous situation to to you know to, to for a media house to be doing this. It's not right. And um, you know, I'd like to know what uh, Anand and Manisha have to say. But before you do, uh, come to that, speaking of Rahul Shiv Shankar, there are a lot of people who you know are left, right. I mean, they justify, don't justify stuff. Like Sudhir Chaudhary, I don't think is very sensible a lot of the times. Neither is that Tal Thokke guy who used to be with Z. Now he's with Arshad. Sudhar, Sarohit Sardana. Um, but I generally think Rahul Shiv Shankar is would. I'm not sure he. If there is something called a sanity test, I'm not sure he'd pass it. I'm shocked at how demented and deranged he appears on prime time. And if that's an act, then it's dangerous because. I guess in the long run you will become if you're just playing that character on prime time. Because I don't see how a normal person could say the kind of stuff he says. Yeah. It is really, really, yeah. I like over the over the top. It's just I I don't agree with a lot of the others, but like I said, I won't say they are mad. This guy's insane. He's he's not even sane, and he's heading times now. It's shocking. Yeah, I am uh, just uh, trying to uh, give a sort. Uh, a summary of how cow protection uh, became a political project. Mm. So, how, the mainstreaming part, the responses part, and then we can discuss lynching, uh, um, different kinds of lynching in India, not only cow protection. Mm. So, I think it's a result of a very fragile social contract in India between a community which considers cow as a food mm. and a community which A, considers cow as a bovine resource, B, considers it as a religious deity also. Hmm. So, but there is a very fragile social contract, an unwritten one that, okay, we will allow you, but it's a fragile one. It can have some violent ramifications at different points of time. Uh, But when it was post as a social movement and political movement. So uh, there can be, uh, we can go long back, but uh, I would not go further than 19th century and uh, from a movement which is considered to be one of the more uh, reformist ones in Hindu society, that is the Arish Samaj movement. Mm. So 1875, Swami Dayanand passes away, but though he was anti-idol worshipping and anti-caste, anti-Brahminical order, he supported cow protection as a movement and his was the first uh, idea of setting up Gaur Rajni Sabhas. Mm. And after he passed away, 
it uh, gained momentum and uh, in 1893 it has always this movement has always spiraled out of control and led the fringe to take over in the in past yes, yes. what happened then in 1893 we had communal riots in azamgarh and even in th- those information deficit times it spread to maharashtra uh, and it was regarding cow protection and not letting people use it f- as a food source so uh, 1893 and then uh, when arya uh, uh, samaj so when arya samaj members in 1916 formed hindu mahasabha in amritsar 1916 it was one of the pet projects of uh, uh, hindu mahasabha and uh, when one of the hindu mahasabha members set up uh, rss in 1925 dr hedgewa hmm. it was one of that but this is one of the issues that one of hmm. the issues they wanted to push hmm. now incidentally mahatma gandhi also jumped in he uh, he famously said that gaya karuna ki kavita hai so that uh, cow is poetry of kindness compassion so and this was the region when indian constitution was drafted this sentiment was taken care of the right wing sentiment as well as gandhian sentiment and in article 48 it was put in as a directive principle of state, state policy, policy mm. that we would work for now in 1952 uh, when first general elections were held so uh, one of the three members that Uh, from jansang the political outfit uh, which was considered right wing and um, under dr shyam prasad mukherjee all the three members who got elected to lok sabha one was from rajasthan when the the site of the current uh, lynching lynching ha huh. he was uma uh, uma shankar trivedi Mm. Uh, so one of his pet projects was again cow protection now jansang in its political calculations as well as with guidance of rss realized that cow protection was not a very popular issue at the time at the time also so as a political tool it had limited yeah, use it had limited use but by uh, say early 60s it then again started pushing it and if uh, anyone remembers in 1966 there was a huge protest uh, in the front of parliament building and it went out of control some sadhus joined it and it was for cow protection bill that the center should also make laws against it hmm. not only it should not be put on a state list so the in 66 and eight people were killed eight people were only uh, were killed and uh, indira gandhi was the prime minister and uh, guljari lal nanda 1966 yes yes he was oh yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so guljari lal nanda was the home minister he was sacked for his failure to control violence that that was the last that jansang raised this issue because despite violence nothing it was not a popular issue it was not related so, to so 66 now 2018 that means 50 years later uh, so it is research it is the research uh, so has a political in project in 1979 again 
Morarji Desai put it on the concurrent list because he had he had some sentiments which were very similar to that. Uh, he had a good rapper with Mr. Vajpayee and Ardwani, and mm. they somehow convinced him. So when we see this now recurring, recurring, I think the political. Uh, mileage of this uh, fragile social contract is attractive mm. is attractive though whether it would bring electoral dividends is doubtful because i think uh, it is not very much linked to everyday hindus life you know that so, what sorry on a, yeah. but it's interesting what you said manisha can come in after this this kind of matches with what I spoke with someone from uh, the BJP, uh, not very high up, but one of the younger lot who kind of knows Jayant Sinha and said that he himself was shocked that Jayant Sinha would do something like this. And he's saying because Jayant Sinha in his regular life, I mean, that's the furthest thing from his head is bloody cow protection or anything. That, and he has led a fairly normal life like you and me, like he's not the kind of gold garland people who've just been proudly so you know, why did he do it electoral so the actually the feeling within is what Anand is saying there is a feeling of course I think I mean I will not put my money that it won't work electorally it might I you never know but the point is that they are convinced that whether the people vote that way or not as a person who rewards lynchers within the party if you want to be in the running for the Jharkhand chief ministership because apparently the present Jharkhand chief minister is in the doghouse with the leadership if you position yourself as extreme, like a Yogi Adityanath, then you will be considered. You will not be considered if you're the moderate face of the BJP. Mm. So there is actually a political thinking behind this, which kind of matches what he said matches with what I've spoken to other people. So how popular is Yogi Adityanath right now? Because he's a major proponent of uh, Gaur Rakshak and he every morning, you know, Hard to say, but if you Manila go by, have to go but if you go by the bipoles, I mean, Gorakhpur was uh, lost. Cow as a religious deity would not work, but cow as a bovine resource will work yeah. because an economic yeah. resource. Yeah. Economic resource yeah. Because many of these lynchings may not be of religious nature. I don't know about this one, but some of, like uh, in Rajasthan only one Pramod Tiwari was attacked. He was a Hindu hmm. be, because he was suspected of cow smuggling. Basically, so, if you steal so, someone's cattle, that's the end uh, of their yes. life. So and in villages, if you see, I have seen classes because someone suspects that his cow has been stolen. So because for him, he's a, it is a resource. Mm. So that's and often the only resource. And ca- cow smuggling violence is very much uh, means um, frequent in say Indo-Bangladesh border areas. But uh, and uh, within the country, what is cow smuggling? I cannot take a cow from one state to the other. I mean, I don't understand what is the law. Can't like, take it to the slaughterhouse. No, but not. Lot of, but if I'm crossing, like, what is this interstate cow smuggling that you know? Because I have a problem with two terms that have come up one is cow vigilantism, like, and vigilantism at one level is vigilantes come in when the law fails. That is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of the word is that is what the word means. Hmm. These are just lynch mobs. Hmm. The term vigilante doesn't have the connotation of criminality that like a lynch mob does. And our prime so, minister smuggled in quotes. Uh, 200 cows to Rwanda. <laughs> Why no, didn't no, anyone stop him? They were cows. They were Rwandian cows. They were Hutus or Tutsis? Wahaki cows were he there. No, but so A, what Maybe in the sense that the law has failed to protect cows, so these guys have come in to like... There is no law to protect cows that they want. There is no such law. And if I have a pet, whether it's a cow, a camel, a dog, 
I can't take it from one state to the other. Like, what does that even mean? Ha, Manisha, sorry, go ahead. Your take on this whole thing, including okay. your second favorite anchor after Sudhir Rahul Shikshan. <laughs> so I'll come back to 2018. This case, this guy was carrying two cows. Now it is their contention that it was a dairy cow, and he wanted to. He has like I don't know some seven eight children. I don't know. He has a large family, so he wanted to take care of them. Hmm. They decided to have two more milching cows. That's their claim. And now when the police, uh, when these gaurakshas intercept him, they beat him up. They call the police. The police then, for the next till four o'clock, are roaming around with his attackers, with him in the jeep, looking so for cows. Not even thinking, ki, okay, these are the attackers, so you know, put them in jail. Roaming around with them, they take the cows to the gaushala. Firstly, I think in in a criminal case, the cow should have been taken to the police. Hmm. You don't take them to go. It's a property. It's evidence. They take him there, and now I don't trust this police at all because you were roaming around with the attackers till four o'clock, and you don't know anything about it. And now they have said that those cows are not milking cows. So he was taking them actually to kill them. So I don't know how. I mean, how is this a smuggling case? It's not clear. If he's a dairy farmer, he was, and he's known as Dudia Khan in his village and all that. So that is there. But every time, the media aspect to this is every time a lynching like this happens, there is a section that will say, "Oh, look at this! Another lynching, another crime by Muslims." So in this case, there was recently Khetaram Dalit youth who was mobbed, uh, lynched by Muslims for falling in love with a Muslim girl. Right. So an honor crime. On the same day. Yeah. And uh, then there's this like, why aren't you, you know, talking about this lynching? This is also lynching. There is, and we've talked about this a lot, but no one is saying that only Hindus commit crimes, and no one is saying Muslims, Sikhs, Christians, atheists don't commit crimes. There are lots of crimes every day, and all sorts of religions, caste are party to that. But there is only a specific sort of crime that gets state sanction that has people like Yogi Adityanath say that oh, cows are important, but humans are also important. Or you have BJP and this this guy, the guys who've been uh, suspected in this case have patronage of the MLA there, the BJP MLA. Yeah, and, and they, they the, said we are MLA. Ke bande hai. And also the Rajasthan Home Minister was it who who made a statement about if you don't uh, you know respect ah, the lots of communities. Any number of statements have come out that this will keep happening till you don't protect. Sorry, cows. Manisha, to cut How in, do you see, protect this cows? is something that I think one should stop saying. Because people who want to get it have got it, and people who either don't have a brain or don't want to get it, like you know that God of Savan Street, that actor Siddharth said, what is disgusting, dude. If you don't understand that the outrage is not at the crime itself, it is when the state or people who are the face of the state endorse it. That is what the outrage is. If you don't get it, dude, ask someone draw your diagram and let's just bury this right now. I'm sorry. And on Anand's, uh, you know, fragile contract between two communities, I for one, I'm not against cow protection. If you can protect dogs in a shelter, if you can protect injured animals, you can may as well protect cows. It's important to some people, like he said, it's a source of livelihood. It's also considered uh, not saintly, but whatever quasi-religious. Hmm. So if there are a bunch of people who want to protect cows, have shelters, uh, take care of them when they're old, which they don't do, by the way, which is why a lot of them are sent to the slaughterhouse because it becomes expensive for the farmer hmm. to keep on you know uh, have a cow which is not milking that is fine but that has got nothing to do with this sort of mob lynching mob justice or vigilantism which is very political there's nothing to it it is just a political project but i think even with a cow being considered holy or that is a social kind of ethos which is used as a political process what i'm saying is it can be both mm. it is not either or it can be both so i think uh, i hope our listeners have got a fantastic 360 view of this we got a lovely historical context from anand which i think was very uh, enriching that was very good uh, uh, and and just one um, thing that you know i'd like to say in passing is that it's always going to be difficult uh, difficult in a country like india because let's face it rss has been trying since 1926 to 25 1925 sorry to 
you know get into every institution and they have been successful to a great extent um but if they take this logic or this social ethos or contract to the northeast matlab it will not get any traction wahan pe tumne bol bhi diya ki kha sakte ho aap wahan the same bjp don't have a problem so the challenge of something like this is here there's a contradiction within the rss their agenda or their project is culture specific but in a very particular culture in india but they have pretensions or ambitions of the akhand bharat and being all of india so with what we call the cow belt yeah with the cow belt philosophy and ethos you can't and maybe through maharashtra and because that's you know where it, the, the birthplace where it was guruji or hegdevar they you know come from there you can't be running of lady uh, assam mizoram it's it's a same thing with karnataka you know it it is won't happen so i just find it a rather a foolhardy and short-sighted project going by what your identity is and i just drove to haryana and it's amazing the amount of land and um, rather large uh, go what do they call them gorakshak i don't know basically these cow places for cows goshalas and there are some really fancy ones there man so i was like okay there's a considerable amount of resources going in there so let's see what comes out of it so um i highly recommend uh, you guys read um, amit's ground report yeah it is a very thorough ground report and it gives you an idea of those of us who think that this doesn't have social sanction it does there is a ground kind of support for it so we shouldn't pretend it doesn't exist and knowing that we should kind of confront it and deal with it now let's come to the no conference motion so the one time ally of the bjp the telugu desam party had put up a no confidence motion against the government the no conference motion was defeated 325 votes uh, against the motion 126 were for the motion that means 126 wanted were had no conference in government 325 did so it of course won but not without some kind of politicking happening the shiv sena refused to vote for the government which it seems highly unlikely that it will remain as part of the nda uh, and the biju janata dal of course played safe and said hum na yahan ke na wahan ke they walked out but what it did do was it led to a full day of people watching the parliament proceedings and the highest viewership ever really and on such it was highest trp in 90s wow wow and, and on such a day i thought i mean i even i watched much of it i thought the quality of speeches was really not great i mean when you know you have the whole country watching now it may be smart politically i i think the contention could be that this is what the country wants if you have the kind of you know speeches about this these are the issues that are taken up this has not been taken up so many bills have been pushed through through ordinance and without a vote people said forget wo nahi chahiye hame hame drama mangta and so whether that was a hug or whether it was Uh, modi saying 272 uh, uh, <laughs> that I, that was she'll never live that one down <laughs> 272 was too funny so i so anyway so that's what happened there was a hug from rahul to modi so i'll just give you my and the wink after reading of that and the wink i think the wink rahul the hug the net net gainer in this would be rahul because considering how unpopular he was he could not have lost any support at best he would have gained support for him being cheeky enough to do what he did and also those of those people who have the munna bhai type heart saying dekho itna pyar dikha raha hai 
and i think <laughs> indians tend to do that i th- i mean just just so indira gandhi came back just because she got hit on the head by a rock <laughs> so they are no there is they they very yeah, yeah. they very emotional like that like you know people she like she probably paid rk dhawan to do it like my mother and all they say oh how sweet you know they love all those ones about you know they ab dekho hi they so on stalking sense at I least i would like to raise the question which any three of you i think could answer is what was the motivation to do this right now the, the no conference motion yes. or oh, the, the yeah the no conference motion i think is clearly for simandra or what is andhra pradesh now andhra pradesh simandra what do they call it what is the official name andhra pradesh it's andhra pradesh only. okay so andhra the organization of andhra pradesh basically that's what it they has want to be larger than this i think for them it was clearly that dude they are not being able to make a capital and they don't want to bear the brunt of that in the upcoming election mm. and this is the best time for them to make that point because closer to the election i mean this is the parliament session is starting so now they have clearly said andhra pradesh mein if bjp is unpopular it should not affect them electorally and that's what i think otherwise i don't see why they will do an obviously defeatable no that's what i mean motion. it's such an obviously defeatable uh, motion that one has to think of conspiracies with the bjp tell them to do it hmm. to reinforce their their hold over the parliament and over the country no no we had discussed it uh, last uh, in last hafta hmm. and uh, which is what no it was it is not uh, who moved it but why it was admitted Hmm. so why it was admitted the ruling dispensation wanted the um, motion to be debated hmm. be, uh, and the general perception is that it provided a spectacle a kind of uh, um, political messaging platform uh, in the penultimate year of the general elections from which uh, um, the bjp could orchestrate or channelize you can say the oratory skills of the prime ministers and other and um, so because no confidence motion uh, or uh, say during budget uh, the motions have been moved in which would have involved a full debate involving the prime minister and this but it was not admitted why it was admitted now so uh, i think bjp wanted it to be admitted it didn't say the tdp to move it but Uh, the way it was admitted by the lok sabha speaker uh, gave signal that bjp wanted this debate I, uh, so i mean sorry actually on that continuing that it was really noticeable that the speaker was very biased yes i want to come to that this because, this God, yeah, yeah. she was because very, um yeah. when somebody was objecting to something uh, bjp was objecting to something the congress said she said and it's recorded that don't say things that will upset people why do you talk like that i mean that's ridiculous you mm. cannot be telling any any person in the house a Probably member of sure. parliament that don't speak like that unless it's you know uh, inflammatory or mm. and these are not inflammatory these are their views which are entitled to give and for her to give that kind of admonishing is admonishing and, is and not also right. to tell rahul that your hug was out of place uh, and all she was just, yeah I, i think as a speaker she is probably the worst speaker we've yeah. had yes and, i agree and and and, and think, she doesn't even put a veneer of and i think of, it's the fairness the same is true for venkaiah naidu i think is the worst speaker and the worst vice president we've had but yeah manisha you haven't ranted on this go ahead Uh, Rahul winner or loser I think yeah no uh, it definitely helped Rahul Gandhi hug in the wing at least because if he hadn't done that and I don't know if they thought of this the headline next day would have been Modi won mm. but it was the hug so mm. it kind of uh, took away the took away their victory in parliament and that that was good headline management though I don't know if 
I don't know if they fluke. have the brain to really think that far ahead, like the way BJP has. I'm sure BJP thinks like that. But this was fully planned. My only question is that the wink that came afterwards was that planned? Because if it was planned, you know, and he knows, at least he should know, that the Lok Sabha TV is fired every time a new government comes in, and they put their own people in, and that TV team knows that they have to show. things that are that don't look well for the opposition and show the show narendra modi and and the bjp in a positive they know that's their deal so i would think that rahul also knows that so he knows that he's on camera and he gave that wink to show that don't take my hug so seriously i'm just doing it or is he that uh, zoned out that he didn't imagine that that wink could come That mm-hmm. is the question. But interestingly, like throughout the day, about twenty, twenty three, twenty four questions were asked of Modi. Very specific ones on Rafael on demonetization. Yeah. He didn't answer. Any. He didn't answer, and he gave an election speech in Parliament. Yeah, he, but he only gives election speeches. <laughs> like, When does he not give an election? An old speech? election speech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, It was quite, a bore. His speech honest, was quite a bore. Uh, honestly, at the expense of you know, at the risk of being trolled, called a anti Modi ranter all the time. I genuinely believe Modi doesn't even understand the basics of either economics. or basic governance structures to be able to give a very convincing cohesive answer to a question. No, I think he does. I disagree. You think? I so? think he totally but, but, does, but tell me he... one time when he has displayed that. Just one, which is no, not not in this not in speech making. His speech making is is a different kind of oratory. But I think as far as prime ministers go, I think his focus on the economics of the country and all that is far more I would say educated than Manmohan Singh. Well, no. Manmohan Singh had no say. So you have to say compare him to sonia gandhi because sonia gandhi was running the government um i you know i have heard manmohan i'm not always convinced by the logic i've heard him answer questions on justifying the scz tax waivers i've heard him give the logic or the answer on managing a particular balance of payment crisis and he he tells you why it is done like this mm. you may agree or disagree with it But he can tell you this is why this is done. This is what we are expecting it to happen. Oh, he's an academic. But how can you be a three-time so, chief minister so, so and the prime minister? I'm, saying, I'm sure he knows. Of course you can. Oh, oh, no, one I mean, second. Running a state uh, uh, and running a country for so long, you he, can't be like winging your way through. No, but you Or have he to, has good advisors. No, he has good people telling him. He has good advisors, him. but you have to be able to give an answer that I can say. Okay, this is the logic. This is what will happen. No, GST I, if it will come out didn't. here, it will. You know, it will have more money in our hands. What I'm saying is, I've yet to hear him give an answer on any account. No, whether I, it's foreign I think dealings. I think the reason why uh, it's not that he doesn't have the answers. Hmm. So you're presuming that because he didn't answer Rahul Gandhi's questions, he doesn't know the answers. No, I think anytime. he knows the answers. He has the answers, but it is not in his mode. of thinking that i have to answer something in parliament or to anybody he's not he's a one it's a one way street as far as speaking is man ki baat so as far as he's concerned <laughs> he's not accountable to rahul gandhi or to the congress or to parliament or to the people he doesn't feel bound to be accountable and i think that's his mentality that he doesn't feel the need to answer I don't think that his I, lack I, of I answering I, shows lack of knowledge of it. I, I think, think he has full knowledge of it, but he doesn't care to answer. I think he's that's being very generous because it's no, like it's his degree. No, it's not being generous Maybe because I'm saying that I'm sure he has a degree, but he doesn't want to show it to us. Let him tell if he has a degree. No, show it to no, us, I sir. think it's I think it's arrogance. I don't think it's it's uh, ignor. I, I I don't think it's what you're saying. I think it's basically that I don't need to answer you. And his whole since he's become prime minister, I don't think he has behaved in any way in any given situation where he has 
been accountable. He's never explained the GST. He's never explained demonetization. He's just made speeches about it and made fun of Kunjpatis and done all that. That that's those are speech making things. But he's never actually explained any of his policies, whether it's foreign policy or domestic policy or even the farmers' policy. He's never explained it, and I think that's his mode. His thinking is not that. I think his thinking Make is just, I don't need to explain. Jawab that time. Ha, Anand, you saying? Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, coming from that 90s Vajpayee speech. Now you have to understand that. BJP in its Jansang days also uh, made it a very very important for itself to do well in parliament to be good in debates to be good in parliamentary interventions so as early as uh, 1959 uh, uh, when nobody was thinking about it Din Dayal Upadhyay organized a workshop for Jansang MPs mm. to Uh, educate them about parliamentary procedures debates and he wanted wh- whatever people may think of him he was a man of uh, character and integrity he, he specifically said never jump to the well never shout never you know what atal ji no so he, he instilled this and uh, the parliamentary train the people spoke very high of jansang mps you talk to uh, the parliamentarians of 60s and 70s they were exemplary in their parliamentary conduct hmm. that changed after 90s that changed uh, uh, maybe because of uh, the expansion of uh, electronic media because the, the leaders got more platforms to have visibility mm-hmm. and social media also and uh, i think the current government has underplayed its parliamentary hand it has not been very much forthcoming in uh, parliament and has not uh, uh, provided ground for many debates and uh, uh, far less participated in it so that that is uh, as far as this modi's speech is concerned i think uh, when he started parading uh, statistics people said it's boring he knows that mm. that when you <laughs> parade statistics this that uh, you go into uh, a terrain which is he is not very sure of he is mm. not very comfortable with that mm. uh, so Uh, and it is not his uh, style also yes f- f- having uh, been chief minister for two terms he has run uh, i think learned the tricks of the trade uh, on job um, the, the committees uh, this and that and uh, an uneducated unqualified uh, heads of state uh, would uh, rule out charan singh as a prime minister devagoda as a prime minister lalu prasad as a chief minister mm. mulayam singh as a chief minister so mm. that's not a very democratic argument to make what isn't that uh, people who don't understand economics in details can't be prime minister they can be no no i didn't say they can't be prime minister <laughs> but who said they can't be prime minister they ha- just because we've had people that you're quoting that they have been chief ministers doesn't mean that they should have been because it would be ideal to have people who are educated in 
economics and foreign policy. But then you will rule out many mass leaders. Yeah, many, but many. So, so here's what I'm saying, Anand. It's not but a question of... come together, no? But it's a not, mass leader can be educated? Yeah. It's yeah. It's not about question of degrees. No, he may not be. He may not be educated. He may not be. We had mass leaders in India who are not educated. Sure. There, actually, there's uh, now here just two things. I think you heard my saying that Modi does not feel the need to explain his policy because he doesn't understand it. As me saying, therefore, he should not be prime minister. Those are two completely different things. So that is an assumption that that. That is a train of logic. It's not. Uh, I think even, you know, uh, just any jackass off the street should have the opportunity of being prime minister. My point is, once you are in the position and all the people you named, I'm pretty confident, like, if it's to be believed, and this is the NPR podcast, Planet Money of, it's a two-part podcast of the man who gave Modi the idea of demonetization. If you hear that podcast, that guy's a blooming idiot from hell. I mean, his understanding of what... A demonetization entails the kind of economic consequences and repercussions who, it has. Who is this? I've forgotten his name. It must be one of these Trivedi, Divedi, or Chobe, or one of these high caste Hindus. He says, Yes, I made a presentation to the Prime Minister when he was Chief Minister and he called all his people. He says, Yeah, presentation, so no. That guy's, I'm saying, he's a blooming idiot. That, if that is the basis, and I have no reason to disbelieve it, for Modi's demonetization. And there is enough literature out there that tells you how demonetization, it has been tried twice before, what it led to. And whether you, by doing that, actually it has any impact or what you were saying it will have an impact on. I think you don't have to have a degree, okay? I, I know a lot of people who don't have a degree in economics, but they can teach Manmohan's in economics. Because they've run a shit and they know the impact like of Meghna. each other. Like Meghnath. Like Meghnath. But you have to want to understand it. Uh, you know, just like uh, if someone, like for example, I've I've seen Indian politicians say that you know the um, if you reduce taxes for the wealthy, it leads to economic growth because they spend more money. There are two examples of Kansas and California in the last decade where they have tracked the data on this. It's bullshit. It doesn't work. But yet, what I'm saying is that kind of understanding of how it impacts things, I don't think Modi has. And of course, he has full right to be prime minister. As far as demonetization is concerned, I don't know what this. Trivedi is claiming hmm. but I don't think it was done uh, for I think the major motivation was that elections were coming up and all the political all the uh, parties would have cash the opposition so lost all their money because of demonetization that they'd stashed away to spend on elections and I think that was the motive as far as leaders hmm. like this have a tendency of over dependence on bureaucrats like these leaders who don't get into nitty gritties of economics, policy making, they have, uh, they are, uh, means excessively reliant on bureaucrats. And that's how Lalu was, that's how Mulayam was, uh, and uh, hmm. Charan Singh. And that's they all have their favorite bureaucrat who always uh, rises to the top. Because uh, that is how uh, this uh, finger holding by uh, bureaucrats uh, on matters of governance. Modi, uh, apart from the person you are naming, uh, I think uh, he would not have done it without bureaucratic inputs also. Mm. So yeah, I don't Fair think enough. that such a big decision would have been taken just on the suggestion of one person. Manisha, your view before you move on to the next. Nothing. Okay, Sent. you have nothing on this. Um, now, just quickly, if I can get go around the table, does Shiv Sena boycotting the no conference vote, uh, Biju Janata Dal walking out? Should we be reading anything into this or will they kiss and make up before election because by last minute, 
or does anyone on this table think that the relationship between Shiv Sena and Amit Shah and Modi is so badly damaged that it cannot be repaired because Shah has gone to Maharashtra and said be prepared to fight the next election by ourselves they have appointed 43 because I think they had given 43 seats to Shiv Sena in the last election that uh, 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 sorry there's 43 seats totally there and he said each of us will select someone to head each of these seats which is an indication that they were not going to go with Shiv Sena mm-hmm. I mean I'm, I, I hate uh, I, I'm a big critic of this political panditry but does anyone think this matters or this we'll see eight months from now I think we'll see eight months from now it's tough to imagine them not if not pre-poll then at least post-poll some sort of a post-poll arrangement Anand? I think uh, people the allies they are like uh, I, I said in the last of the also like uh, players uh, freelancers in IPL auction so <laughs> they want uh, uh, their stakes to be unknown Mm. Uh, and the price to be unknown till the last. Uh, BJP has been a natural challenger to the same turf on which Shiv Sena stood in Maharashtra. So uh, they would uh, be ideologically aligned but politically adversaries. Right. So uh, uh, that that is also one of the problems there. Madhu, yeah. you want to comment on that or you can't say solely? Okay. We have three or four things left to discuss. Uh, one is uh, Karan Thapar's book. We won't be discussing the whole book. For that, you can see Madhu Trahan's interview with Karan Thapar, which is a very interesting and fun interview. What we want to discuss is the particular um, chapter or few pages of that that were pu- published in The Wire and what that says about journalism and is it journalistic. The second thing is Rahul Gandhi's whatever the hell it was. That I was meet. among one of the hundred journalists, so yeah, I can give you a little there. insider account. And the Maratha <laughs> reservation, quickly we'll discuss, and the church sex scandal. And I have a, a meta question about why am I discussing the church sex scandal. But first, let's discuss, Rahul Gandhi had a meeting. I'll let uh, Manisha tell us. Manisha, how were you invited? What was the meeting? And what was your expectation? Like, what? So I was pretty stunned. I don't, so I'm told that they wanted to invite uh, journalists who either cover the Congress or gender. So they are the Or IWPC. Oh. Uh, yeah, Cong- but I'm none. I don't cover gender. I don't cover politics. Neither am I a member of the Women's Press Corps. But I think they wanted some representation from new media. So I got an invitation. I went. It was about 100... Uh, the came from? Surjewala, okay. who's in charge of the uh, communications. So we were called to uh, Latyan's Delica India International Center uh, for tea and discussion with Rahul Gandhi. And it was really funnily worded because he would like to meet you and know your views on gender. So I was like, okay, that must be very important. So <laughs> we went, um, lots of journalists from all, uh, lots of TV journalists, media, people from uh, newspapers, by and all that. There were about 100 of us and some nine tables and Rahul Gandhi came to each of the uh, tables to like have a 15-20 minute exchange with everyone. What I, I'll just give you my impressions on, on what, I felt this was about I think A, Congress wants to because it gets such bad, bad publicity Rahul Gandhi and Congress in major networks and you know that Papu tag has just not got over him I think this is Congress's way of telling journalists to that he's not that bad he's not a Papu he's which is not but also he's a 50 year old man so I wasn't really expect. I mean it is a tag that BJP gives him but come on I mean the guy who's 50 he's had something to say he can't be an, an absolute idiot so anyway, uh, I think the motive from their side was to get journalists to sort of, it's a PR exercise for Congress to get journalists to sort of warm up to him in some way and ask him questions. 
he took all questions he was asked a lot of questions on but what is this about you were not supposed to report it was all off the record that's what i'm curious so were you told that everything that happens here is off the record so this is the bizarre thing and it's just only in india can such things happen because fairly they said they even didn't let us take notes because when i was taking notes someone came and said don't do that and the it started the meeting started with the congress person saying that uh, please respect and honor this we want to do more How of this how did jyoti's story have pictures you said they took no, away no, the phones because, because later congress tweeted out pictures so that's what i want to get to so they said don't take notes okay no. then so you can't take the phone in you can't make notes and we were very specifically told please honor the commitment of not uh, quoting him because uh, we want to do this more often and we want to be able to trust you to do this so not quoting him means don't say this happened or don't quote him there's a difference this is off the record they said so this meeting is off the record okay. so anyway this happened then we wanted to clarify ki bhai what exactly do you mean so we went to surjewala and we said that can we say this happened he said you can say ki aisa mile the but don't quote him at all and you can what if you want to use a quote you can attribute it to senior sources in congress so the next day all the articles that <laughs> that were based on senior sources and all were all wrong from that and it was bizarre because some articles uh, were saying that you know senior sources sources in congress say that he is not uh, averse to having mayawati or mamta and ani just As Prime yeah, and yeah. ani just published rahul gandhi said so in a meeting to 100 women so it was just and but then strangely uh, some other journalists went to surjewala he said ha likh do kuch acha likhna hai to likh do so i think what they want it's bizarre because i think what they wanted journalists was to write nice stuff okay so, so if Madhu, a critical report was to come out of it they would have said ki bhai humne to bolta off record hai why and, you and uh, a bit of more context so jyoti malhotra did a piece for this uh, it was just a video basically yeah, uh, she, monologue for for the print saying that we met him and this is what rahul said actually oh, this is what rahul said he met everyone to questions and then annie gowen who is the washington post yeah. uh, correspondent here said i thought this was off the record because she was there as well because a lot of people didn't write about it because off the record now most people didn't only print and like she's so american that she uh, tells shekhar gupta hmm. you're the president of the editors guild and right. she's taking a complaint to him hello this is india <laughs> you think no, that kind of complaint will get like a response her. dude what does otr mean in india like doesn't it mean like everything is off the record because if you can quote from the meeting that's background well if you want to you know, know what otr means in india read karan thapar's book which <laughs> i would not recommend anyway so in fact we'll come to that so these uh, issues are joined i'd like to get anand's view on it i mean just my understanding of journalism you know mother you've been a journalist for longer than all of us combined off the record briefings are a normal journalistic practice because that is how you cultivate sources so that you get a story when you have to or if a person has given you half an interview then the camera stops rolling then the person says you know now the next 5 minutes off the record this is just for your and you honor that so it is normal it is not bikawa or anything off the record but yeah. then that is in that context a meeting with 100 people where the party then will release photographs and say soft the record like makes no fucking sense like what is happening bhai ye chai party hai dinner party hai cocktails hain langar hai hai kya and if you are saying aa jana bol dena kyun aaye the lekin ye quote mat karna to kya likhoge hum wahan gaye chai samosa piya chai mein shakkar kam thi surje wale ke jute saaf the ab kya jhand likhoge matlab it i think it shows surje wala does not jack shit about journalists that's what i was going to say i said is aap kar kya rahe ho what it shows is the mismanagement and confusion in the congress parties um exactly. media handle it's not thought handling. through they don't know they, the don't, they, don't. they don't know what they're doing they don't know how to do it and in that i have to tell you that the bjp are masters yeah. at it they pick up the slightest hint of something 
and they'll pick up the phone and take and talk to you and take advantage of it and these people are completely botching it up all the time and and the thing is such sensitizing get to know him kind of things aren't you had gone for the one with amit shah here hmm. yeah. you know but there's no key don't say you came here don't say amit shah said anything the thing no, is he won't say anything you to. he'll sit they there they want you to then and and he'll they sit they have to he will not make any statement he'll just say kaise yeah, tab yeah. true like they're not going to give no, you any the point chatting. is that it shows a, also a level of insecurity that if Rahul Gandhi says something off the cuff and then yeah, it is reported. I think that is what it is. And that is the insecurity and they have to learn to trust him that if you're going to project yeah. him as your congress president and possibly the prime minister it's you have to trust him to yeah to to handle a uh, hundred journalists by talking to them casually it's in his control what he says. Mm. That is exactly what it is that they are worried so they for a bad report it's off the record for a good report you can go ahead right. So I think so it is not even Jyoti's fault it mm. is not Jyoti's fault it is not Well, the Congress, if the Congress is not telling her, getting telling. What the it Congress is? is yeah. If they're telling half the people, "Likhto jo likhna hai," isko mat karo. Then no one knows what it is. Sorry, Anand. What is your reading of what the hell was this? Was it just a samosa party? <laughs> so I am not a journalist, but from an outsider perspective, I think it's an extension of Mr. Gandhi's charm offensive. So uh, he is reaching out to people. and uh, mm, trying to make them read his mind his uh, alleged intellect also and uh, alleged uh, and alleged. so so uh, that's a part of it um, the thing is that uh, an opposition party's uh, uh, party leaders statements are not very different from what the most of the media writes mm. so uh, most of the anti establishment media would find common ground with an opposition party what an opposition party has to say without being accused of having conflict of interest because that's an anti establishment uh, stand that both would take so that is uh, now the no, no but you have to be equally, equally critical you can't so, be so, with uh, the opposition so breaking breaking of the code of uh, say that is uh, i i think if congress party is not complaining and only journalists are complaining that uh, this was broken mm. then it wanted it to be broken congress yeah. party has not come up with any and statement that we organize this and see we stole that and you didn't do that mm. so congress party is happy with these revelations from the meeting so okay hmm. well, one thing just on but you know it's bad because like beat reporters who were producing news and it was it could have been an important news item they let go of a news right to only to see like some other person one day later has written so it just upset like your colleagues are also i mean i understand that upsetness because they work within certain rules that all of them abide by because it makes their job easier tomorrow you may have these beat reporters go to congress and them not opening up because they might fear ki kuch nikal aayega so i understand that like so they kind of they were the same rules. they were punished for their caution yeah mm. basically or for following yeah. for meeting, obeying the rules yeah. and uh, and that's why amy is so upset because, <laughs> yeah, because i don't think in america story. it actually happens but so, i think i got the impression that i mean the the image that he's trying to portray is like this and this john lennon imagine peace love like it's very it's very uh, baba log huh, view matlab, of of politics and and, and also i mean peace and love is nice but it's not an opposition tactic to fight no, modi like be. you can't it just, could be it could be i think but just i that, understand where it's coming from it's probably one of his media managers or you know idea creators or something like that who's come up with it but i think to give people an alternative to what BJP is accused of it can't be the same thing that, it has to be a foil yeah so it's like a complete you've got hatred here you've got 
you know, lynchings, you've got all this happening uh, on television and instigators and all, and we are presenting you a different alternative. I agree. And but that is an alternative for the first time. Otherwise, in the last election, you didn't, there was no difference. They were all saying development, development, development. So that wasn't a real choice. It was a question of who would you trust more for development. And that too, after one party has screwed us for like yeah. two terms before that. So, so two terms. I mean, so it can be an aspect like, okay, we're going to counter the hate politics of BJP, but it can't be the only thing you keep talking about. But so maybe they develop I more. I'm not holding a brief for them, but I don't... I don't uh, agree that it's a bad idea. I think it's it's possibly a good tact to take that we are not them. Mm. Otherwise, they were always diluting the thing with trying to be Hindutva like them. You know, in the last he election, there was a whole, in the beginning when he started, he went to a lot of temples and this and that. So in that sense, he was dilute, uh, diluting his message, trying to be the BJP, which he can never be. And try to take a part of Hindutva, which they'll never, Congress party will never be associated with, really. So this is a new attack. Uh, hmm. The hate thing would not work with uh, people who are committed, uh, who don't see it as a hate, but uh, an expression of uh, a voice that they wanted to be heard, hmm. the uh, identity politics and this. But he is trying to make ground in, uh, say, floating voters. Uh, who have not made up their mind and also who were traditionally Congress voters. So if he can, he is able to just hold on to that, that is his. Otherwise, the committed voters just with sure. these abstract ideas of hate, he would not convert them. Yeah, as. I think the extremes in any case, you, you can't. I, I think that when you are selling a product and increasingly election is becoming selling a product and that product is your leader. While we have a parliamentary democracy, the election strategy is more presidential in nature. In that sense, I think there has to be a certain alignment or a, uh, equilibrium between the product you're selling and how you position it mm-hmm. and inherently what is it. So if you say that I have a motorcycle, I cannot sell it on its stability. It's two wheels. That has to be a car. I have to sell it on speed or on style. So I think Modi's USP proposition has been I'm a tough guy. Hmm. No one can mess with me. I'm too cool. I'm too tough for everybody. If Modi is slapped like, you know, Kejriwal was slapped five times when he was doing this <laughs> thing, that will be the end of Modi. <laughs> it's like, in, we've all been in colleges, that one bully who was slapped by some facha in the first year, that was the end of that bully. No one ever was scared of him again. So Modi's, like Arvind was slapped five times during his thing and that helped him. Because he was the main bechara, main to kuch nahi, main to tumhare jute ki ki dhool hoon. Jute bhi nahi hai. To main to wo tha. And then the best reaction was, iski jaanch karo. Like an income tax officer. And then he said, isko isko maaf, isko maaf kar do. You know, jaane do usko. You know, when the people caught him, he says, let him go. And then he was this nice guy. That appealed, that worked. Because the product was consistent in what he was trying to sell. If someone goes and slaps Rahul Gandhi, good luck to that guy. That is the end of the guy. The guy who threw a shoe, not even at Chidambaram. Next to Chidambaram, who then contested this thing for AAP, he was, you know, they took him, he, they filed case on him, Digvijay Singh was seen kicking him. These are the, so what I'm saying is, yeah. if you're, if you want to do that, hey, I'm John Lennon, love everybody, then you have to be that product, you're not. And Congress can never be, I mean, come on, you've made Kamal Nath in charge of Madhya Pradesh. Yeah, you, he, he was leading a Rahul mob. Rahul Gandhi doesn't in, have a personality that he can walk into a group of 200 or 2000 people, few of them will pull his hair, few of them pinch his ass, and few of them will slap him and come out and smile. If that happens to him, he'll be distraught. Uska trauma ho jayega. 
खड़े होने के लिए आया था और उन्होंने लाइन ही अंदर कर दी सो दैट टू मी शोड एन अनसीजन पर्सन नॉट पॉलिटिशियन जस्ट एन अनसीजन पर्सन यू शुड नो बी हाउ टू हैंडल अ न्यू सिचुएशन टॉपिक Karan Thapar has just written a book called Devil's Advocate. You can uh, see the interview that Madhu has done with yes, him on the book. Yes, part two of Can You Take It? But um, <laughs> it's one chapter of it was published in The Wire, and that had Karan Thapar talk about a conversation he had with Sambit Patra that why he was boycotted by the BJP after Modi came to power in Delhi. Apparently, over the next year, everybody stopped talking to Karan Thapar. That meant he had no use for any news network because he couldn't get anyone on the, you know, on your panels to interview. He's not a field reporter anyway because his entire news model depends on interviewing famous people and if famous people aren't coming then you know why why are you a part of any journalistic kind of enterprise in that he has given away two conversations which he had with someone who he said you are sworn to secrecy yeah <laughs> and then he said then i've gone and said it and then i i don't see a remorse that like he says yeah i did it like in in madhu's interview that all of you can see yeah i did it like i i, I shat on your you know table but you can say that was the wrong thing him. to him people are helping so i think he kind of in one sense embodies and you understand where the resentment for the latians comes from because of his unapologetic entitlement yeah yeah um and i think that is it just hits you in the face like a slap and that article that that one chapter i think in the wire kind of epitomized it for me yeah but See, as a journalist is, madhu if you reveal your source would anyone give you any information ever again no and not only has he done that to sambit patra and pavan varma he's done it to narendra modi right to narendra modi who at one time was helping him hmm. with questions for an interview he was going to do for rss sudarshan ji hmm. and they were very aggressive questions coming from a bjp politician helping he was a, he was a, not a bjp he was an rss rss, RSS. yes so at You're that time sorry for yeah. your chief for your chief yeah like me yeah. helping someone to question you you know to, like yeah, his exactly. boss and then to expose those questions was an ultimate betrayal to hear someone trying to help you and then you do it and he has no qualms about and, and it and even it's not a personal thing i mean like all our sources aren't people we like but yeah. in in journalistic like practice like you even in really war to, you don't you you may not love your enemy but there are certain things you just don't do because that you is see, how, uh, one thing that struck me after the interview and i wish i was more aware of it while it was going on uh, very often he said because it attracts attention uh, when i asked him why do you do this he's because it attracts attention as if it's a good thing to do so i think that what he said about going to england uh, once a year during christmas and new year to a civilized country mm. was not an inadvertent phrase that he said mm. it was planned in his head that if he says something that obnoxious with the nuance that india is an uncivilized country people will go crazy and they did on twitter they all fell into the trap 
He said this at his book launch. They said that he he said that I go to England um, every year at Christmas and New Year's because I like to bring the year in a civilized country. Anyway, your view on that entire giving away your sauce and what what do you make? How does this make uh, Thapar look? Thapar is among that long list I have in my head of people who have a mirror in the gym syndrome. Mm. So mirror in the gym syndrome that they are gym 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 oh mirror in the gym okay okay so you are very happy happy how your muscles are being flexing the abs you are developing and you are very happy for yourself the way you speak and the way you there so the same sentiment comes out from that civilized country so so he he has never. been able to make uh, contact with indian civilization hmm. so he's an extra terrestrial in that way <laughs> he is so, i think so, he's a relic uh, but can i just say yes, one yes. thing that look we are all victims of our birth right we don't choose where we are born sure. which caste which background whatever so in india if you happen to have been born in a privileged background i think it is intelligent or at least emotionally compassionate that you have to go beyond your background because if you are not going to push yourself out of your comfort zone and attempt to understand people who don't come from your background i think that's a huge failing and he epitomizes that that he's comfortable in being from that background and, and hangs on to it very and seriously and i i am i like people who have levels of insecurity because insecurity then pushes you to a point to keep improving Hmm. If you're so comfortable with what you are and secure in what you are you'll never change and a person who doesn't change doesn't evolve and that I think is a big problem when you come from this what is now derogatively called Latin Delhi please hmm. continue anand so How about the know, sources yeah, sources thing hmm. sources thing that uh, I think uh, Manisha would be better qualified to say because I have not practiced journalism hmm. yes but yeah no i mean sambit patra clearly says can you keep a secret and this is the problem you know like people like karan thapar your career is over this book is clearly coming because this is his like swan song basically hmm. and then you have made life difficult for other journalists yeah who are trying to do their job no one's going to open up when you do this because 10 years later it'll come in a book by matlab that kind of distrust that people will start having towards journalists it makes beat reporters jobs regular journalists jobs really tough and he's actually very and he didn't even get much censure from within the community you know how many of journalists there were few journalists even on twitter pointed out that this epitomizes a access journalism and that you don't give away sources people mm. still are i mean you don't suffer the kind of repercussions you would anywhere else but my second i was thinking was also that it's really tough to be a television journalist the way kavarin thapar was in a way because it's true like if your career is about interviewing important people hmm. how can you even be a regular journalist i mean you just have to be that sort of person who networks who meets people you you have to be an access journalist how else can you do good television journalism without being an access journalist right so you're right it's really and it's and i don't know if in other countries they do it i don't know if the bbc guy the hard talk guy who Sure. I, I'd like to know how his career, like how he, yeah, yeah, but the hard talk. Stephen, he does it, does it now. But bef- it used to be Tim Sebastian. Now it's Stephen Sucker, and it changes. the The show remains. See, the BBC brand. That's the kind of the show. You know, speaking of access journalism, even Shikhar Gupta is a big proponent of access journalism. I personally, I'm not. I, I think, and if you go by the Western model, someone like John Stewart, uh, who I do consider journalists now because the kind of information they give. 
और बिलमा और जॉन ऑलिवर और शो जस्ट देव कैन कैरी अ शो इवन इफ दे डोंट हैव अ फेमस पर्सन बट फेमस लाइक टू कम दिकॉज द व्यूशिप इज सो हाई No, but I I tell you one thing: uh-huh. the choice of guests on the Daily Show, whether it was John Stewart or Trevor Noah, are based on current affairs. Sure, it's not celebrity oriented. कि भाई जिसका मिल गया उसका. No, but uh-huh. here also I'm sure it's a commerce too. But talking of access journalism, there is another kind of access journalism. Many journalists have access to lower-level bureaucrats, lower-level functionaries, where they get stories. Where yeah, do all the stories the come from? That is real journalism. CBI is also access hai. journalism, na? Yeah. Crime reportage is access journalism. Kya koi trigger thora na? Ji, FIR file ho gayi. Ye lookout notice ho gaya. A string. Bahar se phone milta hai. Bhai, main thane mein baitha hu. Boss, abhi mere saamne paper pada hai. Bureaucrats, all great stories come from bureaucrats. Parson ta ke bahar ho jayega. Abhi karniya story karlo. Aise hota hai. That is also access journalism. But if you are Doon School, Oxbridge educated. You don't want to know what the bloody SHO of Pitampura Thana has to give you. You want to know what Home Minister has to say. So, your access journalism, which is, is cocktail journalism. Let's not, because access journalism is there's a legitimate kind of access journalism also. And I think if your TV show depends on getting famous people, then I will do it. You give me Modi, give me. Look, I have viewers. If you remember, in nineties he used to do a video uh, HTI witness. Hmm. Hindustan Times current paper used to do it in nineties. Yes. Current affairs video. I remember. It was not just interview. It was also commentary on current affairs in nineties. <laughs> yeah. After news. He started it to yeah. compete hmm. with news channels. Yes. That was good. Hmm. I mean, why did you bring that up? means i think i was saying that he has not done only interview journalism he, he has, has tried done other things sure no but he yeah. didn't do the stories his reporters did the he stories but he means uh, i saw one or two videos he, he used to do commentary and uh, means he used to uh, give what you can say yes he used to read out some reports also hmm So anyway so that's that you can uh, hear the full interview with Madhu now i want to close uh, with uh, two quick things this is a maratha protest that happened in maharashtra and many of you will be thinking that it's such a big protest happened why we are delhi journalists we are not covering it well we're going to talk about it i'll just tell you what happened there was a mumbai band which actually ended in violence where a policeman died and also protester died just yesterday um there is a maratha kranti morcha um and there are a few other like sakal maratha samaj who are supporting it they want reservation in jobs and education for marathas Uh, the last caste census in India apparently was done in 1932, and at least back then, the Marathas were the dominant uh, community in Maharashtra, both economically and in number and in land ownership. Uh, but because there were so many other reservations that had come up after Mandal, they wanted reservation too. Several chief ministers, including from the NCP and the Congress, said that yes, you will get your reservation, but they breached the 50% mark. Uh, they also decided to give reservation to Muslims. By the way, uh, the, the the first time Marathas are the order was given that they will get reservation. Five percent also Muslim. Also, is that legal, uh, Anand? You would know. Yes, means in Tamil Nadu there is sixty-seven percent reservation. No, no, for Muslims you can give. Can you do on basis of religion? Is no, that... no. I think in Andhra Pradesh it was once attempted, but the Supreme Court set it aside. Right. So this time also because they clubbed Maratha and Muslim together, there was a stay on it by the uh, by the High Court, and then. Um, A successive government said, "Okay, forget the Muslim side of it. We'll give the Maratha reservation." The High Court said, "No, th- this is still being heard." So it didn't go through. And now this whole protest was in order to kind of for f- for that same demand, which has been in demand for a long time, to come up. And while the protest started off peacefully, after ironically that the protest was called off, the violence erupted after that. So I saw the interviews of some of the protesters. They said these are not our people. 
these outsiders who have infiltrated and try to create trouble. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. And it was a major day for Maharashtra yesterday. You know, they were Mumbai was closed, most of Mumbai. Um, so that that is the context of this. So I just thought you should know because it was something that big that happened. I personally don't have a view on this. I have spent just a year in Bombay, which is not really Maharashtra. It's as much as New York is USA, Bombay is Maharashtra. Um, so if anyone has anything to add or views on this, feel free. Uh, but it did get prime time coverage uh, for two days. Hmm. Anyone? Yesterday. No, not nothing really to add to that. Anand sir, you have on this. It means uh, you see, Marathas are dominant political and social forces. They are uh, and constitutional mandate is to give reservation to educationally and socially backward. Right. Not. Uh, economically backward. So, right. uh, and these people are neither yeah. socially so, or. So, uh, when Mandal Commission uh, report uh, recommendations came, and uh, it didn't qualify them as uh, beneficiaries of reservations. Uh, I would not go into details, but what I find problematic with these imp- uh, very uh, some prosperous communities also uh, asking for reservation. So, uh, and even other communities is that what I have observed. This is purely empirical is that they are not dying for jobs but government jobs hmm. they want government jobs they will uh, be without job till the age of 40 but will write competitive examinations to get a government job till their uh, son also uh, does competing. his own matriculation <laughs> so uh, uh, it is fight for are sitting for the same uh, exam together uh, so uh, most probably the son would pass <laughs> but uh, uh, yes uh, I, I had a student from Maharashtra who was a Maratha he had two names he qualified for Indian Revenue Service mm. but he wanted to get into IPS and IAS so he, he was a Maratha so he was he somehow would wink the system to get an OBC certificate and uh, so that it becomes easier for him hmm. and uh, he ultimately qualified he is an ips officer now so uh, that is uh, the, uh, they, they, there is a lot of uh, jealousy for people who are getting into government jobs with uh, what they conceive is that they had easy route to it why don't we have this route so th- this is also affected this is purely an observation thing sure but it, it is consistent with the the whole thing is that there's a community called uh, I don't know if I can pronounce it right I won't get into it there is a community that they say that is not that much socially below theirs it starts with S I, I forget what it's called and the Marathas say that if they can be given OBC status so should we um, anyway so now I just you know, I was questioning why I included this. And if I'm giving into the right-wing expectation that because you have covered a Muslim murder, you should cover a Hindu murder. There's a church sex scandal that was uh, in the headlines. What's with these priests? I think it's an unnatural situation to put men like that and expect celibacy. They shouldn't have this. In fact, um, last year, a uh, Media Rumble guest, Mike Resendez, he has done the biggest story on church abuse and a film was made on it called Spotlight. So this uh, is in Kerala. The High Court has granted conditional bail to a priest. Basically, I'll quote from this report from the Hindu. The Kerala High Court today granted conditional bail to Job Matthew, a Mal- Malankara Orthodox Syrian church priest, arrested on charges of sexually assaulting a 34-year-old married woman. Granting the bail, Justice V. Rajavijay Raghavan directed the priest to appear before the investigating officer twice a week and not to influence the witness or tamper with the evidence. So this is a case that has been shared extensively on social media by by those who have a problem with the church. And 
when I saw it on the list of things that we had to discuss, it has no national impact. It is of no consequence nationally. But I put it because I think I gave in to the idiotic expectation that if you have covered a Muslim lynching uh, by an outrage by Hindus, hmm. also cover one by the church. <laughs> Even though it has no bloody... I mean, I haven't seen any person sitting and saying, no, this guy did a good thing by sexually abusing that woman. So I don't know. It was there, so I read it. But I really have... That's that's just a case. Now, what do we do with that? So, yeah. So we sometimes give in to stupid pressures which we should fight off. <laughs> so, yeah. so on that note, yes. Uh, recommendations. Uh, let me start with uh, Manisha. What's your recommendations for the week? Uh, Madhurian's interview with Karan Thapar. Which okay. will be... I think it will be out. It should be yeah. online around a day after the hafta. Fine. A day yeah. after the hafta. Okay. Okay. Uh, this uh, publication house, Sage Publications, it's a very reputed uh, academic publication house like Oxford University Press in Cambridge. It has come up with a series on uh, politics in India. So, uh, state-wise. State-wise. So, the first volume has come, Post-Mandal Politics in Bihar. So, uh, it is. it has been written by Sanjay Kumar, the director of CSDS. So, it has a lot of information and new empirical data. So, I don't to agree with his analysis on a lot of things but it is a very informative book and and the good thing is that other states would, would would follow it's the volume one and in a run up to the elections in the publication house would publish uh, volumes about each state so you can follow that read that That's all right thank you my recommendation um sorry but before that madhus i've been reading harinda baveja's book on Kargil and I highly recommend it. I'm not really a reader of army operations and I didn't think it would be easy to read. It's really a gripping book and it lifts the lid on what really happened in Kargil while we won the war as such. The cost and the toll it took has not been exposed in such detail as she has. And also who was responsible uh, for such unpreparedness and for sending young officers in conditions which they didn't even have basic equipment, walking in snow, without snow, snowshoes, without winter clothing, no sleeping bags. And it it's really an eye-opener. I, I would suggest every Indian should read it. So maybe you should do an interview with her following... I the, am on oh, Monday. Oh, you're doing it. Great. So you can watch out for that also next week. Okay, my um, recommendation for the week is after a long time, uh, you know, Radio Labs podcast had really gone south. But they've done a fantastic series called Gonads. So there are many things you learn from this podcast series. It's a medical series. Uh, Madhu, I highly recommend you must uh, suggest it to your husband as well. It's, I mean, this is the kind of series I think that can make science really interesting. One is I learned that gonads is not just the term for testicles. Men have taken over the word and owned it. Actually, ovaries also are gonads. Mm. So gonads is a gender neutral term. It, it, it talks about the reproductive parts of both men and women. Mm. Uh, but men have taken it over I'll kick you in the gonads in your gonads they can so. have it I'm not fussy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the third part of this is about so it talks about what makes us man and woman what, what determines gender and I've tweeted this particular episode out was uh, Dut- Dutich remember Dutich Chand was her name right which was the full name who was who failed the gender yeah, 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 yeah. gender test during the Commonwealth Games yeah yeah and I just, you know, read the reports that fails gender test. And, you know, you're assuming that she's a hemaphrodite or jobikat. Mm. She's woman. She's completely woman. It's just that the way these tests are done and what they measure are so random. Mm. That a woman who's a complete woman is suddenly 
feels gender so they don't say she's a man the way the international athletics federation or whatever it is phrases it is so bad and so wrong and also after this podcast i i didn't know this that till the 1960s madhu that's like you know you were born around then i guess no but, i was born in 1946 oh so then you were a young lady in the 60s did you know that if you were in school if you were an athlete uh, how your gender tests were done in the 60s physically so it was called the naked parade where all the female athletes stood in line in their undergarments and doctors usually male came and examined them under the undergarments till the 60s till many of the women athletes said fuck off i'm not putting up with this shit then they came up with an equally defective method of xy chromosome and then science said that sometimes you can have xx extra chromosome can fire but you can still be woman but the reading will be different then they came up with another shitty way and, and is it still shitty it's still flawed and, and it's still flawed and it is the most they have destroyed lives and duti yeah. chand won the appeal yeah. against yeah. the federation but and now she's back but I was shocked yeah, yeah. but it's fascinating it as and how And also for a lady like her in her village to to everyone to talk the, about the boy the she's in love with yeah. refused uh, he oh refused to marry her yeah. he said because like, it shows the human side and she yeah. says ki maine kaha main wahi hu he says what does cuz they couldn't understand what is that yeah, uh, yeah. your testosterone levels are above 10 oh whatever gosh, that's tragic. and she said i don't know if you're a woman or not she says how can you not have a woman or he says sorry i'm not marrying you i, I mean it's it's a fascinating thing. and the first cells to be born in our body when we are fetuses are reproductive cells so even before nature decides are you going to be a boy or a girl or you'll have two arms or not there is something to this dna business because we've seen in i've seen in uh, like people say that um, this gender is a choice like homosexuality is a choice and all that but i've seen uh, and i'm seeing it now in a with a girl in my granddaughter's class and i've seen it with other children who are now adults when they were kids the mothers tried like crazy to feminize these mm. girls you know they put them in dresses and and then you see at a certain age the girl puts her foot down and the photographs change mm. and she insists on getting her hair cut like a boy and she dresses like a boy so i think there are some things with in the genetic makeup we still don't understand sure. why it happens how it happens the other thing i always held when my children were growing up that uh, girls are, um, uh, you you give girls lego and cars and all that and they'll be interested in mechanical things mm. if you give boys dolls they'll be interested in dolls so i had this sort of gender neutral i yeah. thought bringing up of my girls but now that i have grandsons and i see when i give them the choices the boys do go for the mechanical things they do go but, for but cars but this socialization they see what others no, do and what is, is expected of them when they do when they one and a half and this is what i it shook me i said that means that there is maybe from just like women became weaker Uh, physically and uh, with less muscles because they were not out there hunting in the same way i mean this is pop scientific theory of mind but over the, generations the same we have over generations really genetic yeah memory. just genetic genetic memory. Gen- genetic memory the boys then go for for this and i was like really shaken i tried to push toy dolls, dolls? on them and they were like <laughs> forget the it doll. <laughs> so on that <laughs> note time. we will leave you with this song that i dedicate from rahul to manmohan singh just picture rahul tening manmohan about what happened in parliament until next time do subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when corporations and governments play corporation government are served come for the media rumble it'll be great goodbye and good luck hum the boti aur samar rangin samajh gaye na jaate the japan pahunch gaye teen samajh gaye na 
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.